about first in two places. First, we want to look at the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 7. 2 Corinthians, uh, 2 Chronicles, I'm sorry, 2 Chronicles, Chronicles, Old Testament, Chronicles chapter 7. And then we want to look at the book of 1 Samuel chapter 22. 2 Chronicles. While you're looking for it, those who are joining us on a radio listening audience and those also who are joining us on Just End TV, where we stream live all the services, we bless God for our, our media ministry. Amen, that we continue to share, uh, not just in our church, but it allows us to share on a global level. So we just bless God for the opportunity to do that, do this. Second Chronicles chapter 7. Second Chronicles chapter 7. We're going to be looking at verse 14. This is where our theme is drawn from this morning. Verse 14. Where the word of God here says, if my people. Let the church say my people. If my people who are called by my name. My name shall humble themselves if my people shall, that are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways if they do that then will I hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. Their land is their life. Whatever their circumstances and situations are, the scripture says if you learn how to humble yourself and pray, seek my face, turn, let the church say turn, turn from your wicked way, then I will hear from heaven and I will heal their land. Uh, first chrono, uh, first Samuel, just go back to the left there. We went right into the book of Samuel, Kings, then Samuel. First Samuel, amen, chapter 22, beginning at verse 1. The word of God says here, and David spake unto the Lord these words, Of this song. First Samuel. First Samuel chapter 22. Here he says. David therefore departed thence. And escaped into the cave. Abdullam. And when his brethren. And all his father's house. Heard. That he escaped and went to Abdullam. They went down thither to him. They went with him. The Bible says, and everyone that was in distress went with him. Everyone that was in debt went with him. Everyone that was discontented went with him. And they gathered themselves unto him, and he became a captain over them. And there were he, were him, about with him about 400 men. And David went this to Mitzvah of Moab, and he said unto the king of Moab, 
Let my father and my mother, I pray thee, come forth and be with you, be with you, till I know. Let mom and daddy stay here with you. I'm going to go back to the cave, and I'm going to stay there till I know what God will do for me. Oh, y'all see this? That's a good shouting place right there. I, I want to talk about turning your life around. Uh, somebody look at your neighbor, say this to him. Say, if you let him, Jesus will turn your life around. Y'all didn't say it like you meant it. You didn't say it like you meant that. Look, look at somebody sincerely. Second, send somebody sincerely. Say, say, if you let him, Jesus will turn your life around. Now, now, listen, listen. I, I, I've been on this earth and lived long enough, and I've been through enough in my lifetime to to know. That you can spend lots of years and lots of time going in the wrong direction. Is there a witness here this morning? I've, I've, I've learned, I've learned that, that you can spend a lot of years spinning your wheels, making efforts to do something that does not come to, to pass simply because it's going the wrong way. We can spend a lot of time relationally with the wrong people. Y'all ain't saying nothing here. Wrong people and going the wrong direction, spinning our wheels, going the wrong way. And you can, spend a, you can lose a lot of years associating with the wrong people. I've learned that financially you can make some bad decisions that can cause you to go the wrong way and it'll take you years to get back on track. I've learned, I've lived long enough to know now that, that, that you can spend your time emotionally thinking about stuff that don't matter. Holding on to unforgiveness that don't even matter. That'll leave you an emotional wreck that don't profit you anything if you're handling it the wrong way and going the wrong direction. I've learned, I've learned that even physically in your body, you can... Spend time abusing your body going the wrong way a long time. Uh, it'll take you years to get everything back on track. But I've learned this as well. That even though we can spend lots of time going in the wrong direction, it is never too late to get things back together. I don't care how long you've been messed up and I don't care how long you've been going the wrong way. God is able to take somebody who's going the wrong way and turn your life around again. And that's what I want to talk about this morning. I want to talk about how if you let him, God can help you to take a life that's going in the wrong direction and turn it around again. You don't hear what I'm saying. I'm saying that somebody been going the wrong way for a long time. I want to let you know what a message from heaven. That God wants me to let you know. That listen, no matter how long you've been in a mess. That no matter how long you've been going the wrong way. God said, it's never too late for you. Because in me, you can still turn it around. Now somebody look at your neighbors. I want God to turn my life around. I, I want God to turn my life around. Here in the book of 2 Samuel, here we find King David. King David 
has been tapped and ordained and anointed to be the new king over Israel. Saul is the current king, and David is the one who's been tapped to take his place. The Bible says that when Saul got wind that David was going to be the one to take his place, that Saul came after David, and he attempted to kill him. Y'all remember when Saul tried to kill David three times with a javelin. He, he tried to kill him. And now he is chasing after David. And David is a fugitive and running for his life. The Bible says that as he is running from Saul, he ends up in a place called Abdalon. A cave he has put himself up inside of. And... While he's in this cave, there are many people who know that David's getting ready to be the king, but they have been frustrated in their lives, and they want to be where David is. So the Bible says that everyone that was distressed, all of them that were in debt, all of them that were discontented, gathered themselves unto David. David was in a cave, and the Bible said that the people who were distressed got up in the cave with him. Distress means to be in a tight place. Distress means to be in a place of squeezing. Your body too big to fit in, so it squeezes. Somebody here listening to me now feel like life has been squeezing the life right out of you. Your circumstances, your situation feel like sometimes got you between a rock and a hard place. And it seemed like life, the very life is being squeezed out of you. You're in a cave, a dark, dangerous place in your life. And you're in a place in your life where you can't get no light. Mm. Dark and it's dangerous and you fear and you feel like you're in distress. That's who was in the cave with David. Not only was there discontentment, that was that was danger in the cave, but there was also, the Bible says that there was discontentment there. There were those who were discontent. Discontentment in this context means to be bitter. Y'all know that, you know, you got some folks in your life that's bitter right now. You, you got some folks who's bitter, who's, who's, who felt like life gave them a bad hand. He said not only were there people who were discontented, but there was also a, a whole bunch of folks who were in debt. Ain't nobody say nothing right there. In debt, let me tell you what that means. That means you got bills when you ain't got enough money. That's what that means right there. We need a definition for everything to make sure we got that one down. That means we owe folks. That means we hide in your car to keep folk from finding your car. That's what that means. That's what that means. That's what that means. That means you got a layaway. You had to put stuff on a layaway. You can't even put that on a layaway, let alone let, forget credit. Forget credit. These are the people who have gathered themselves unto David. All of them were on the run, and all of them were in a cave, and all of them's li- all of their lives were going in the wrong direction. <laughs> if I were to just look around this room, I wouldn't call any name, but I would venture to say that at least some of us have at least been in the situation before. We may not be in the situation now, but some, I'm talking to ones who may still be in the situation. Amen. In the situation right now as we speak where you got more bills than you got money. That's the situation I'm talking about. 
I'm talking about you feel like a life has been squeezing the very life out of you. I'm talking about the one who still may be bitter over broken relationships, over, over things that have happened in their lives that they may not be able to come back from. But I want you to know the ones who are discontented, the ones who are in debt up to their ears, the ones who are in distress. I, I, I came to let you know this morning that no matter how bad you've been stuck up in that cave, God can still turn it around. He can turn it around. And I want you to know that, 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 that a cave is not an abiding place for you. That's not where God intends for you to be. It's just a temporary situation. And anything that's temporary is subject to change. I believe it's going to change for the better if we learn how to turn it over to Jesus. So how do you do that, Pastor? How do you do that? Scripture tells us in 2 Chronicles, it says, If my people who are called by my name. First thing we got to understand to get out of the cave is you got to remember the covenant. Somebody said, remember the covenant. A covenant is an agreement, an agreement, agreement between me and God, and agreement between God and me. It's, it's, it's what we have agreed upon. It's, it's what the promise that God has made to me that if I do some things, then he'll do some things. See, see, a covenant is, is an agreement that, that, that has been made by God on your behalf. And then sometimes we get a bad place. We'll think that the devil put us in a bad place. But sometimes God will allow you to go into the cave. See, you see, 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 it's in the cave where you learn how to pray, baby. See, some of us have enjoyed the sunshine and we'll never get to the place where we pray until we get in a dark and dangerous place. You see, you, you, see you, you never learn how to pray if every day is sunshine. You never learn how to pray if you got food on the table every day. If, if your boss man don't never lose his mind, your wife always acting like she's supposed to act, and the husband always acting like he's supposed to act, you, 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 you won't get down on your knee. But when you get up in a cave and life start mashing and right the very life out of you, when you get bitter and discontented, broke down to your lad, now it's during those times that will drive you to your knees. Drive you to your knees. Drive you to your knees. And we got to, when you get to your knees, you got to make sure you understand that we are in covenant. You got to remember that even though you got pressure, you still got covenant with God. When God getting ready to do something, he always starts with a covenant. When he got ready to deal with bless Abraham, he told Abraham, I want you to leave your father's country. Go to this place that I'll show you. And he said, if you do like I say, I'm, I'm going to bless you. But then I'm going to bless you to be a blessing. Starts with a covenant. You don't believe him? Come here, Noah. Noah comes and he tells Noah, Noah, I, got, I repented that I ever made man. But I remember one thing, that I made man and I told him I'm going to leave him on the earth. So I'm going to kill everybody else, but I'm going to let your family make it, Noah. Because I got a covenant. I got a covenant. God is a covenant-keeping kind of God. And let me tell you, when God gets in partnership with you and you come into agreement with him, you won't be able to stay in the cave long yeah, because he will bring you out. The Bible says that the first thing you got to get is in a covenant. Scripture says this. It says, if my people, God uses a personal pronoun here. He doesn't talk about just any people. But he says, my people, my folk, people who are in my family, People who are saved and sanctified. People who, are, who have claimed Jesus as their personal savior. He said, my people. You, 
Now, when I'm talking about folk in, 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 in my other situations in my life, my co-workers, my, see, my co-workers not necessarily my people. I'm trying to establish a relationship for you. See, God just don't see you as a co-worker. Mm. But God sees you as a family member. He said. So if my people, watch this now, who are called by my name. You see, my, my, my daughters and my sons carry the last name Brown because I'm their daddy. And they are called by my name. And I'm called by my daddy's name. Amen. So he says that the name here ties into the level of the relationship. So he says, if my people who are called by my name, he's trying to teach you how to get out of a cave now. He's trying to teach you how to turn that thing around. He said, if, my, if, if they were called by my name, he said, if they would humble themselves. If you want to come out of the cave, the Bible says first thing you got to learn how to do is to humble yourself. Humble yourself. And then many times pride keep a lot of folks in the back of that cave. That, that, that. Pride, you can't tell pride nothing. Uh, pride knows more than everybody knows. Pride, when somebody's preaching, pride don't even hear what the preaching is saying. Pride. Pride, pride, listen, is, is will ruin the fabric of your relationship with God. It's, it's the thread that will ruin that fabric. It's an apple that will spoil a whole bunch. Pride will get up inside that thing and cause what could have been good to go bad again. And it will keep you going in the wrong direction. Even though you know you're going the wrong direction, it will keep you going wrong when you know you're going wrong. Pride don't want to hear instruction from the Lord. Pride so bad as a matter of fact, that God said that there are six things that I hate. Hate is a strong word for God now. Mm -hmm. I look at the New Testament, the Bible said God is love. But when I looked in Proverbs, I swear the scripture said there's some things God hates. Talking about, he said the first thing that he hates in Proverbs chapter 7, amen. The Bible says the first thing he hates is a, is a proud look. Proverbs 6 and 17, he said, a proud look. God hates that. He says, the next second thing he hates is a lying tongue. That's what he said. He said, he said some six things that he hates. He's talking about people trying to come out the cave now and some things we got to learn how to do. First, we got to remember the covenant, which means we got to stay humble under God. And we got to learn how to follow the conditions, meet the conditions. First condition is you got to humble yourself. God says some things he hates. Proud look is one of them. Lord have mercy. He hates a lying tongue. The Bible says he hates hands that shed innocent blood. He said he hates feet that are swift to run to mischief. The Bible said God hates false witnesses that speak lies. He hates big lies. And he that soweth discord among the brethren. The Bible says if you want to turn your life around, 
there are some things you got to start doing, and there are some things we got to stop doing. If we wanted to turn around, we got to remember the covenant, but after we remember the covenant, we got to make sure that we adhere to the conditions. And God gives us some conditions here in the text where he says, first of all, you got to learn how to humble yourself, and then you got to learn how to pray. Somebody say pray. You see, a lot of people, like I mentioned before, won't pray until they get in the cave. What's in the cave? Well, debt is in the cave. Mm-hmm. Discontentment is in the cave. Distress is in the cave. And when you got, if you're going to get out of a cave, you got to learn how to pray your way out. You got to learn. I said, somebody say pray. You see, you, praying is not just, okay, I need prayer, so let me call the pastor, and then the pastor can pray for me. Pastor can pray for you. No problem with that. But what I'm trying to do is let you know that you've got power to pray for yourself. See, 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 prayer is what you ought to have in your own personal prayer life. Your own personal prayer language and your own personal prayer life. That when you call upon the name of the Lord, you should not need a priest to go to God for you. You should be able to have your own relationship with God where you can talk to God all by yourself. You know, let me tell you why it's important. Because you may not be able to find the preacher. Sometimes you might not have, listen, you might not, listen, your problem may not be during office hours. <laughs> your problem might be at one o'clock in the morning. You, you, you can't even find your own mama. Your mama look over there and see your name on the call ID, maybe not even answer. But anytime you call upon the name of the Lord, Anytime, day and night, he's always able to hear. He's always there to answer your prayer. Somebody say, if you want to get out, you got to learn how to pray. And when you got to pray, you got to learn how to pray right. We learned last week how to pray. First thing you got to do is you got to pray, not the problem, but you got to pray the promise. Prom- the problem, Lord, I'm in a cave, and Lord, I'm broken. Lord, I got discontentment, and Lord, I got distress here. But you know, but God, listen at you. He's just, listen, I already know the problem. What I need for you to do is remind me of what I said in my words. <laughs> remind me of what I said in the words. See, when you can remind me of what I said in the words, then, see, I have no obligation to answer your prayers outside of my word. I might do it, but I ain't got no obligation to answer you outside of what I promised you in my word. So in order for you to know what prayers I answer, you got to learn my word and pray what I said. If you're sick in your body, you got to learn how to pray and say, Lord, you said in your word that by your stripes I'm here. You said in your word that according to your riches and glory, you supply all of my needs. You said in your word that the prayer of faith shall heal the sick. You said in your word, God, that, 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 that your word came and then it healed them and saved them out of all of their destruction. You got to learn how somebody say pray. If you're gonna, things going to turn around, you got to learn how to pray your way out. You got to pray in the name of Jesus. I say pray in the name of Jesus. When you pray, you got to pray in the name of Jesus because when you call Jesus' name, you call down an authority that's higher than your authority. You call upon somebody who has the power to answer a prayer, to change your situation. So the Bible tells us we got to learn how to humble ourselves, and we got to learn how to pray. And then it says, it goes on to say that we also need to learn how to seek God's face. Lord have mercy. You see, many of us don't want God's 
face, which represents his presence. What we want is God's, we seek God's hands. Uh We seek his hands because we know that he's able to pay a bill when we ain't got no money, see? We want his hands, but we don't want his face. (laughs) 